Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 57 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, while I was watching the Blue Jays play down in Arlington here, I was kind of wondering, when was the last time we played in Texas? And I look back up to it. It was uh, early last year. I think it was our first road trip of the season, Riley. And can you name the last, before the series, the last Toronto Blue Jays pitcher to make a start in Texas? The last Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, and it was last year? Yeah, early last year. Oh boy, I am. Um, I'm diving deep. I know you said be prepared. I think it's a guy <laughs> we forget about. Is it Hunjin yeah. Ryu? It's not Hunjin Ryu. He did pitch in that series, but he didn't pitch in Game Three. Riley, it was Tanner Roark who was making oh. his. He was DFA'd right after that start. It was his last start as a Toronto Blue Jay. So that makes it feel like it's been a long time since the Blue Jays have been back to Texas. Yeah, well, we had, I think, uh, Shoemaker and uh, Tanner Roark and, and Chase Anderson all at one point. <laughs> yeah. Not not the start. If, if we, we look back on that now, and I know you just laughed, but, um, man, is it ever good to have guys like Manoa come up through the pipeline mm -hmm. and sign key pieces like Gosman because those are – talk about two different worlds apart in the rotation. I'm quite happy with how that worked, though. But, yeah, wouldn't have guessed. I thought you were going to sneak a Ryu by me. You think I forgot the, the big left-handed, big number? 99 but but no i i couldn't i couldn't pull out roark the point of that was to say it's been a long time since the blue jays had come to texas and it uh this team is very different now than the team it was then but we got lots to get through on our episode here today riley boba stays red hot he keeps on doing it we got jay's got some big clutch hits from some unexpected sources and we have to give our takes on the new rule changes that major league baseball go into effect next year but riley jay's went down to texas and we messed with them Winning two out of three, just like we thought they would. I know some of us thought it would be a sweep, but two out of three series win, eight and two road trip. That's a success. Man, I felt good. I predicted the last series pretty good. I woke up this morning and felt real good um, um, that we had a real good shot to sweep the series. A lineup card comes out. And, you know, we selected the pitchers we did. And mm -hmm. it could have gone either, either way. But, Jesse, at the end of the day, our bats went cold in game three, but man, did it feel like we were just we were just as hot as the weather was in Texas, man. Mm -hmm. We were on absolute fire at the dish the first two games. Game three, whatever. Yeah, you know what? We were in ten games on the road trip. We took eight of them. Yep. You can't you you can't, you know, get too much better than that. Obviously, going ten for ten would be perfect in, in the perfect world. But Jesse, I'll take eight wins out of 10 games any day of the week. Absolutely. Uh, game one of this series, the Jays won that game four to three. The Jays got off to a three nothing lead in the third, thanks to another home run from Bo Bichette. Texas was able to tie it up in the eighth, but Danny Jansen had a clutch RBI single in the top of the ninth to give the Blue Jays the lead. Rymel Tapia reached base three times and Matt Chapman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette and Danny Jansen all had multiple hits. Jordan Romano worked a clean ninth inning to get his 32nd save of the season. In game two, the Jays won this game 11-7. to Jays scored four in the first inning for just the second time this year. Ended up leading 11-3 to after four innings. Every single Blue Jay in the lineup got on base, and Danny Jansen, Santiago Espinal, and Bo Bichette got on base four times. It's the ninth time this year the Blue Jays scored double-digit runs. In game three, the game that just finished up here, the Rangers won this game 4-1 to over the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays had base runners on in every inning except for the first, but just did not get a hit 
with a runner in scoring position all game. It's the first time in the last 12 games that they've uh, scored less than four runs. And it was a bullpen day. As you mentioned, Trevor Richard struggled. Yusei Kikuchi gave up a two-run home run. And I don't want to blame the umpires here, Riley, because the Jays simply just didn't hit. But they had 10 pitches outside of the strike zone called for strikes today, which is the third most the Blue Jays have had in a game all year. So, as things stand, the Blue Jays are 78-61. and 61. We're six games back of the Yankees. We're tied with Seattle with their game still in progress right now. They're currently leading 4-1 to one over the Braves. And we're half a game behind Tampa Bay. So, that's where we stand going into this big series coming up. But, uh, yeah, lots of takeaways, Riley. Who gets your first one? Who are we going to talk about first? I mean, I don't know. We're going to – we can't change our name from Buds and Blue Jays. But just in an asterisk for the last couple of episodes, you might as well call us the Bo Show. That's oh, yeah. right. We're here standing again talking about Bo Bichette, number 11, shortstop for our Toronto Blue Jays. Man, what can you say about this guy other than he has been the hottest player? I don't know. If Trout's going to win player of the week, he does have five home runs in how many in that many games or whatever. But um, if, if it's not, if it's not Trout and winning his 25th, probably player of the week award, <laughs> like it's got to be our guy, Bull Bichette. He's had an absolute monster week. He, I mean, he's destined for extra base. It's, I saw a statistic too, and we, he had just been starting to pull the ball pretty well. We, we've been mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. that pulling fastballs and he's, and yet he still leads MLB in opposite field hits, which yep. become, which is probably no surprise to anybody. But yet, like I said last episode, he just goes where the pitch is. I mean, he has incredible bat-to-ball skills. He doesn't even necessarily have to make good contact. I think a lot of his uh, the home run he hit in this series um, to right to right center field, he almost looked off balance. He's just that strong. <laughs> people people underestimate Bob Bichette's strength. He's got such good hand-eye coordination. And honestly, if you hit it in the right spot of the bat, you don't feel anything. The bat does the work. Of course, Jesse, that's a feeling you're used to. You hit dingers all the time. Bob Bichette, the same deal. The guy just absolutely finds the barrel of the bat. And again, Jesse, it's a it's a series where we scored a lot of runs, courtesy of Mr. Bo Bichette. He now leads the team in RBIs. I mean, yep. d- dude, he's he's here now. There was a long silence for Bo Bichette. People wanted his head on a stake for a long time this year. And I think you can kind of go back on that and, and now say that Bo Bichette's here. And like I said, even if he isn't the hottest player in baseball till the end of the year, I think that he's going to put up some pretty rectable numbers for the rest of this season and hopefully carry it on to, what, postseason next year? Hopefully the rest of his Blue Jay tenor. Riley, it's amazing what Bo Bichette has done after looking at the guy we saw the first five months of the season. I was kind of writing off his season as we've just kind of accepted that, yeah, down here for Bo Bichette, he still does some things good. He's still really young, but we're just going to scratch the season off. Let's get a fresh slate. Let's go into uh, 2023 with a good Bo Bichette. But Bo Bichette is just trying to shut everybody up right now. And uh, y- you mentioned a lot of it, too. That home run he hit was, I think it was 16 inches off the ground. Um which is the lowest a pitch a Blue Jays batter has hit for a home run this year. And it's the second time uh, Bo Bichette has hit a pitch that low for a home run in his career. And we've talked about like the exit velocity numbers that come off Bo Bichette's bat when he is just having a knack for finding the barrel and that thing just travels. He also had a double Riley that went 394 feet off the top of the wall. And I know you mentioned it. Mike Trout hit, hit home runs in six straight games, but he's still not going to win player of the week because Bo Bichette has just been absolutely ridiculous he had a triple here three doubles to go along with his home run riley like i'm running out of things to say about this guy at this point well we ran into a a point in the season where our catcher was doing the same thing and we're we're up to that point now with bull bichette and it's nice to be able to say good things about him it really is this is a guy who 
it has been you know basically deemed our franchise franchise shortstop for a guy who was never supposed to be the shortstop or whatever they said about his arm like he's got this he's got the swagger and the poise going from now Jesse man like you can't get more confident than what Bobachet has showcased in this and yeah there's still the the you know the detriment the bad thing of Bobachet chasing pitches mm-hmm. but if you're hitting if you're hitting him for extra bases like I don't really care yeah those sliders he's swinging in the other batter's box is not pretty and I but you know but a little off the plate and he's going yard on those pitches then yeah dude I'll take it you know I'll take the lack of walks for the extra extra base hits he's been doing that a lot less uh recently too that was a big problem for him early in the year and there were a few like Bobochet was the culprit of some of those balls that were outside of the zone called strikes today and he was visibly upset at a large frequency of them which means he is seeing them a lot better his plate discipline is a lot better if he knows these are balls and being called strike and he knows right away Absolute great sign from Bo Bichette. I'm sure, Riley, we're going to talk about him next series because he's just going to keep it going up here. Let's move on to another hitter here, though, who impressed me. And how about Danny Jansen, Riley? Jansen seems to just go on these spurts here where he'll do nothing, 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 and then, boom, out of nowhere. He went six for nine this series, including a 435-foot home run that left his bat 109.3 miles per hour. And now that the Blue Jays have called up Gabriel Moreno, the Jays can now feel the lineup that has both Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen in it. As long as George Springer is healthy enough to play in center field, he doesn't have to DH. Danny Jansen should be playing. He now has a 126 WRC plus on the season, Riley, which is seventh best out of all catchers in Major League Baseball. Kirk is still number one for what it's worth, but he is ahead of guys like JT Real Muto, Sean Murphy, and Salvador Perez. Danny Jansen's hard hit rate, Riley, third best on the team, behind only Teoscar Hernandez and Matt Chapman. The problem with Jansen, though, is when he's not making hard contact, he's making make too much soft contact, a lot of pop-ups, a lot of soft ground balls. It's, it's an all-or-nothing approach from Danny Jansen, and when you're getting a lot of the all and not so much of the nothing, absolute great hitter. I wish he was in the lineup more. Well, it was all in for Danny Jansen in this series. Four hits in in a game in our in our big eleven run explosion game. Huge part of that ball game, man. Sure was, yeah. And let's let's hypothetical for a second. Like I like I I think this is an easy one, Jesse. If you're to take every other position player out other than catchers and just play the game of baseball with catchers, I think the Blue Jays have over 130 <laughs> wins with guys like Kirk Moreno and Jansen. I think we easily have the best catchers. Yes. They don't always have the best power. You got Kirk, who's kind of gone south since the All-Star break. You got Moreno, who's still yet not really proven himself. But you got Danny Jansen, who is one of the better defensive catchers in the league for starters, which he really worked on that. And I think he's done a great job this year. Um, And secondly... I mean, his power numbers are incredible. Had he not been hurt this year, I believe that Danny Jansen would be, uh, you know, at this point, a 16, 17, 18 home run hitter for sure. With the I, possibility for 20 over. home Yeah, I do well, well, yeah, like he's, he has the, basically, he has the possibility. Here's not over though, Jesse. He has the possibility for sure to be a 20 home run catcher. Um, yeah, I wish he was in the lineup more. Frankly, I wish we could bat 10 guys some days and Danny Jansen <laughs> could just go in and hit. Him and Kirk can just take turns because you want them both in the lineup. Um, yeah. Man, it's been a it's been a while too since we talked about Danny Jansen. There are, there are times, but we make sure when he has big games, we highlight him here mm-hmm. because yes, there are the Vladdies of this team, there are the Tay Oscars of this team, there's the Bows now, but Danny Jansen, maybe one of the more unsung guys of this team. You maybe forgot him a little this year because of injuries kind of hindered his play for a little bit. I'm not going to say Danny Jansen's back in big ways, but when we get a big series at a number nine like that. 
boy, it's a treat, dude. It is nice to watch him hit dingers. Another player who's kind of been unsung and kind of under the radar that actually had a good series and I wanted to give a little props to is Rymel Tapia. And Riley, last episode, we talked about Lourdes Gurriel uh, having his hamstring injury. He's gone to the IL for 10 days. Uh, we needed one of these outfielders, whether it's Maryfield Tapia or Jackie Bradley Jr. to step up. And it looks like Rymel Tapia is taking the role here. He got the first crack. He had two walks and a single in game one. And in game two, he had a 428-foot home run with an exit velocity of 108 off the bat, which is the hardest uh, Rymel Tapia has hit a home run this year. And, you know, he had that good stretch for a while, which is about five weeks or something. So we know that he's capable of this really hot play. All we need to do is to have him play well for the 10 to 14 days Lord Gurriel is on the shelf, and that'll work. So just a little mini thumbs up for Rymel Tapia here. I thought he – that was an absolute nuke that came off the end of oh, the yeah. bat. When, when you're smaller, more speedy guys, I mean, the guy's, the guy's definitely not hitting the gyms for the big arms and things like that. He's a speed guy. He's a defense first guy. But when those balls come off the bat that fast from a guy of his stature, it looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, absolutely crushed it to left field, dude. And you know what? I'll give Tappy a lot of credit for the series he had because I gave you my thoughts on who would fill Lourdes' shoes. And I think my number three guy, between him, Whit Merrifield, and JBJ. I think I took the last guy being Tapia on who mm -hmm. I wanted to be playing. But you know what? doesn't matter who's stepping up. It was Tapia in this series for sure. He stepped up. And yeah, if he's going to be the guy to fill in until Lourdes is healthy, then by all means, continue that hot streak, Rymel. I just a point to like Rymel Tapia's swing isn't great. There's a lot of moving parts on it, you know, and there it causes a lot of swing and miss in his game, but he really loads up on that back leg and powers through. So when he does square it up, it's a thing of beauty for Rymel Tapia. Left-handed hitters have always had some of the best swings in the game. And when Tapia connects like that, it looks aesthetically pleasing. So a uh, little thought on that. Uh, Riley, before we get into some thumbs down, Riley, you wanted to give a shout out to Ross Stripling. You did some research on him here. He had a good start. Give it to us. What do you got? Oh, man, Ross Stripling, dude. I mean, I don't think there's a more X-Factor player for us right now. I said to you before the show, Jesse, that knock on wood, you know, Manoa, Gosman don't feel comfortable in a big game situation. Like, I would be so fine with Ross Stripling towing the rubber for an important game for us. He's been mm -hmm. absolutely dynamite. He was he was an all-star in 2018, and his, his, his season has was monstrous back then. But his, his walks and hits per nine innings since then has been just phenomenal. His whip, if you're to if you're to round his whip off, Jesse, I mean it's a it's a 1.01 whip. Yeah, this that'll, year that'll work. Uh, when he was an All Star, if you round it's a it's a 1.19 whip in 2018 wow. when he was an All Star. Um, another fun fact I also threw the you threw in the situation. Well, Riley, what if Kevin Gosman, you know, gets lit up earlier, Manoa, and and he said, would Stripling come into those games? And yeah, absolutely. We've seen Ross Stripling work at as a long relief pitcher. He did that when he was with the Dodgers he's done it with us but obviously right now he's a starter big game situation you still want the best guy in the hill and as of right now statistically we didn't know who who he was um you know starting more games with whatever we looked at it 200 mm -hmm. career games 100 career starts made so he split right down split the in middle. half yep <laughs> but you know what as good as he was as a long relief pitcher I think he is a phenomenal starting pitcher he does get a lot of love um, does he get enough love? I don't know because I absolutely love watching him pitch, man. Ross Stripling has been so important for this ball club this year, and I think we've lot of, won a lot of games because of it. He's definitely like one of the comeback stories of the year for the Blue Jays, or maybe honestly might be 
team MVP, like a guy that's really held this team together. And his start here in Texas, where he was where he was from, he grew up in Texas, six innings, three hits, two earned runs, no walks, four strikeouts. And I know I've talked about it before, Riley, but the changeup has been the big thing for Ross Stripling this year. In fact, it has the fourth best chase rate by starting pitchers for any pitch in all of baseball. The only pitches that are better at getting swings and misses than Ross Stripling's changeup is Kevin Gosman's splitter, Zach Wheeler's sinker, and Jacob deGrom's slider. And that's a hell of a company to be in from Ross Stripling. Well, yeah, you're going up against Zach Wheeler, who is one of, not a well-known guy um, in the National League by by a lot of people, but he is a great pitcher. And then it's Kevin Gosman, we've seen him, we know what he can do, but you're talking in the same company as Jacob deGrom, who might just be, when he's healthy, one of the best arms, if not the best arm in the MLB. You're comparing Ross Triplin with some big names, and this is a guy who's not a household name, but he certainly is for our Blue Jays team this year. Watch out. Ross Stripling's on a roll, too. We got guys like Bo Bichette having big, big series and stuff. And quietly, we see Ross Stripling having the best season of his career. I, I like I know I wasn't an all star. I know we won't have the wins when all said in when all said and done this year. But if you look at his whole numbers, his fielding independent pitching, I, I believe, was um, 309. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been and, really like, good. Just, just really good, really good numbers. Doesn't strike a lot, a lot of guys out, but he has got the swings and misses, Jesse. Obviously, we've seen that. And that's if you're if if your changeup, his changeup is missing barrels of the bat because he's upsetting hitters' timing. Then you can't ask for anything more. He did absolutely dynamite in this series, and he's been. You know what? He's been dynamite all year, man. I wanted to talk about another guy now from the positives to a guy who's been kind of disappointing. And we got to talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. again. And Riley, I know we've talked a lot about uh, some people on Twitter have been calling him Vladimir Groundout Jr. Because that's all he's been doing is hitting the ball on the ground. We've talked about a, a lot. And yes, the ground ball rate is still high. He had, I think, four more ground outs in this series. But Riley, I want to talk more about his swing decisions, kind of going through the thing that Bo Bichette went through earlier in this year. He's just not swinging at pitches that he can do damage with. And the main culprit is I think pitchers have figured this out now. They're throwing a lot of pitches in on his hands that he's, when he does make contact, like his bat speed is so quick, right? He can still turn and he can still get to these. But when he does make contact with them, when they're so far in, he's getting soft ground balls or he swings and missing them or he's fouling off, Riley. And Vladdy's chase rate, on the season is at 33%. And over the last week, it's upwards of 41%, Riley. So Vladdy's so damn good when he's swinging at pitches, he can destroy because he still hits the ball harder than anybody else in baseball. And he can absolutely mash when he puts him in the air. He just needs to get better at swinging at the right pitches. And until we see that, we're not going to see the elite guy out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. No, we certainly have not got the elite guy in Vlad Jr. Um, I think that's funny though, Vlad Groundout Jr. Because he's, yeah. he he does he does he drives the ball right into the ground, man, and it is frustrating to watch. No, I myself could not do better than Vlad Jr. I think he has the potential to be one of the best power hitters in the game. Of course, of course, but it's, it's hard. But Jesse, as you know. Um, baseballs don't go underground and you can't hit home runs of negative um you know launch angles right Mm -hmm. that's kind of what's been going on here so it kind of eliminates yes he hits a lot of hard singles but the chance for him to hit big slug and doubles off the wall or to put a 425 foot bomb into the seats kind of doesn't happen when he's not getting his swings and yeah I like those pitches I can pretty much close my eyes and tell you what a Vlad home run looks like it's a little out of the little out front of the plate not too outside kind of middle low and he's going to turn on that and absolutely drive it up 
Um, but the pitch is up in the zone, maybe closer to the hands. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be getting a, a lot of good, solid contact even on those, Jesse. And we know Vladdy's a guy who can who can get wood on it. So, yeah, it goes back to what we said the last couple episodes about Vlad. It's almost like the approach has got to change, some tinkering with the swing. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not going to tell Vlad Jr. how to swing the bat, man. Hey, <laughs> we know he, it's been he's, – he's done it before. We know that stuff can change. But when is it going to change? Let's hope quite soon. Yeah, you'd like to see him get hot for the playoffs because Vladdy is so good that he can single-handedly win a series for you. So let's keep an eye on that going forward. Riley, we are now 50 games into John Schneider's tenure as manager, and he has a record of 31-19. and And just real quick, I just wanted you to give what your thoughts are now 50 games into John Schneider's major league career. I I honestly... Uh, you th- you'd think after 50 games that you should be able to give, yeah, a, a, like a pretty in-depth assessment. Um, my assessment is like he's still a rookie manager and he's managing a team that almost runs itself most of the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, dealing yeah. with – you you know who – if everyone's fully rested, you know who your starters are going to be basically. Uh, he has changed the batting order a couple times. I mean our bullpens our, – our, I think our bullpen's been great. I think our, yes. our bullpen this year, I, I our bullpen this year has been uh, better, way better than years past, man. I obviously don't have the numbers in front of you, but I'm just telling you, you feel the same way. Our bullpen yeah. has been great. So for him to call to the bullpen and say, I want pop up, I want bass up, I want maze up, those are easy phone calls to make. His wheels aren't spinning enough. It's it's um it's an easy job. Now, had John Snyder gone and coached a team like the Royals, the Athletics, the Tigers, I think that would be a tougher challenge for him. The, we're so good, man. John Snyder managed some of these guys um, in the minor leagues. I think that helps a lot. I think that we have the right veteran presence on the team via guys like George Springer. I think Gosman brings a good presence. Um, even our younger guys, I think that guys like Manoa are also leaders. The team pretty much runs itself. Right. And, 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 and from my point of view, I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't know what's said, but John Snyder's got a He's got an easy job right now, and he's definitely not messing up the chemistry that's there. So whatever he's doing, Jesse, whether that be the strong, silent guy or the pump-me-up kind of guy, I don't know what he's like behind closed doors, but he's doing the right things, Jesse. He's doing the right things. This team is winning ballgames, and that's what matters right now. It's hard for a manager to really help add wins to your team, but a manager can sink you, and as long as a manager isn't sinking you, which John Schneider hasn't, say he's a good manager. I like how um, he's not afraid to mix up the lineup. Like he's not set into their lineup roles like Charlie Montoya was every time. If you're slumping, he might move you down a spot. If you're hitting well, he might move you up. I like that. Um, I also have noticed the Blue Jays have been a little more aggressive on the base pass. They've stolen 25 bases and have been caught 13 times since Schneider took over compared to 33 and 16 during Montoya's tenure. So I don't know what that means, if it means anything at all, but just a note I took away from that. Yeah, that's fine. I we have been more aggressive. I don't think I'm in love with some of the the steel choices this year, but that's hey, that's up for discussion um, too. Because at the end of the day, uh, I think we got guys who run the base as well, but I don't really think we have any uh, elite base stealers. I think at one point you could say Whit Merrifield was the best base stealer, um, you know, career wise, but that that has gone by the wayside. We know Springer's not that quick, but hey. Every other aspect of the game, especially pitching, I am super happy with. And I do love the little shifts in lineups. Guys like by Matt Chapman has batted fifth a couple times. Lead We've off. seen in the last few weeks. Off, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you it's it's nice to see those changes. Hey man, I can't say we weren't broken. We need a little bit of fixing, and I think John Snyder's done a pretty good job mm-hmm. at uh, um, at you know making this work the last few weeks. 
All right, some other notes. We'd like to congratulate Teoscar Hernandez and his wife, Jennifer, who just gave birth to their son, Julian. Teoscar is back from the paternity list. And as we mentioned last episode, Riley, dad strength is a real thing. And he showed it here in the first game, two for four with an RBI double in his first game back. I would put smart money on Teoscar Hernandez going on a run here going forward. Um, another note I saw, Teoscar, or not Teoscar, Santiago Espinal has really struggled this year when he's been asked to lay down a bunt. He had another opportunity in game one of this series, and he had it right to the first baseman. And you'd really like your, um, I know you like small ball, Riley. I know you're a big fan, but you would like it if your kind of weaker hitting middle infielders are able to get down a bunt and play some situational baseball. And uh, Tim Meza fielded a ground ball that went off his foot into his glove and threw it to first. Now, that doesn't really mean anything. I just thought it was really cool and wanted to mention it here. So any quick takeaways quickly on uh, those three things? That might be one of my favorite things, Jesse. A second baseman, usually if I'm to project a lineup, my third baseman, first baseman, and right fielder are probably batting three, four, five for me. My second baseman or my catcher are batting in the ninth spot. And more than likely, the guy who's not batting ninth is in the eight hole. So, yeah, I absolutely love my my less powerful middle infielders to be able to lay down bonds, yeah. to be able to run the base as well. I wouldn't classify Espinal having elite speed by any means. So, yeah, I believe that he should be able to lay down a bond. Also, um, if he was a lefty bat too, I do like um, you know my my nine or one hitter, maybe even both, to be a left-handed bat. I think that's important too. We know our where we stand with right-handed uh, with this right-handed dominant team. Mm -hmm. Maybe see Tapia lay down some sack I know the situation cr cried for a bunt. Espinal couldn't get the job done, but yeah, the, we know that Espinal is not going to be by any means um, you know a complete five-tool guy. It's not that bunting is even a, a tool. You know he's kind of slowed down a bit, but yeah, it would be nice you know, to get when you're asked to bunt. We know he's not going to probably launch one in the seats, but yeah, good take. Good take though, Jesse. I, I definitely feel you on that one. A little bit of a straw struggle at the uh, dish for, or, um, for um, Espinal to lay down a bunt. All right. I want to touch on the other pitching performance in the series real quick here. Gosman went five and a third, eight hits, five earned runs, one walk, nine, nine strikeouts. Uh, Fangraphs gave him a game score of 35, which is his fifth worst start of the season. His worst on the road he's had this season, but Strikeout still incredible. 19 swing strikes on 101 pitches. Um, and Yusei Kikuchi pitched again. And I, Riley, I know he wasn't good in game three of this series, but his spin rates were up again. And I know he gave up a two-run home run and left some damage on base that Zach Pop had to clean up. But uh, he still had five swings and misses on 18 pitches. And I was looking up more of Kikuchi to try to figure out what's going on, Riley. He actually leads all American League pitchers in defensive run save. So there's a real chance Yusei Kikuchi wins a gold glove award this year. And I think that might surprise you coming into the season. Yeah. Um, Greg Maddox won over 10 gold glove awards mm -hmm. and he was much better than you say Kikuchi's numbers. Hey, I'm, I'm all, I, I'm all in love with guys winning gold gloves, but he'll be about 300th in Cy Young voting this year. Um, so I don't like, I don't know what, I get what you're saying, Jesse. I love that for him. I know you're a big Yusei Kikuchi guy and I was a real big hopeful for him. Um, but yeah, Jesse, he left. A, he he gave up a nuke. The only the spin rate that I was watching is how fast his neck turned around when he watched the ball <laughs> leave the yard. Like he left a mess for our guy Zach Pop and pretty much screwed Zach Pop's line score. I thought you were gonna come on here and want to give a Pop a thumbs down because he didn't no, have no, the no. best outing either. Because I thought that Kikuchi left him a bad mess. It was just. That game was not a good was not a good chain how that how that occurred Jesse but anyways stuff happens I still believe 
Riley, Major League Baseball is coming up with some new rules for the 2023 season. And real quick here, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But uh, for those of you who don't know, Major League Baseball will be instituting a pitch clock starting next year. They've tested this out in the minors. Some uh, There are some exceptions, but the majority of minor league people seem to like it. It'll be 15 seconds from the time the pitcher gets the ball till the time he has to start his next pitch with no one on base. And it'll be 20 seconds if there's a runner on base. Um, some fine rules here. The catcher must be in position with at least 10 seconds left on the clock. And the batter must be ready to hit with eight seconds left on the clock. And balls and strikes may be awarded in either direction for anyone who um, disagrees with that rule. And in AAA, it's sped up the game, which is what Major League Baseball wants to accomplish. Average game time there was about two hours, 43 minutes, where in Major League Baseball, it's currently three hours and six minutes. So 30 seconds or less, Riley. Quick thoughts on the pitch clock? The pitch clock, I am a fan of the slow pace of the game. I think it's the game within the game, the beauty in the game. Um, to speed the game up, I just hope it doesn't really affect performance a whole lot, if you know what I mean. Like, a a lot of people like the whole, you know, stepping out, Nomar Garcia Parra, just in the batting gloves, things like that. There's pitchers who take a long time between. Then there's like guys like Mark Burley who already was playing by this rule when he was pitching. Yeah. It's one of those, it's one of those things. Personally, I don't know if I'll I'll notice it, but I had no problem with the way that the pace of the game already is. But sure, Jesse, I'm sure I'll enjoy it just the same. Yeah, we'll talk about it more throughout the offseason, I'm sure. Uh, Riley, shift band. Um, two fielders will have to be on each side of second base with both feet on the infield dirt so we can say goodbye to the four-man outfield and the five-man infield. It'll probably help Babip, and I think, Riley, it'll make the need for very, very good defensive middle infielders again and will help a guy like Kevin Biggio, for example, get more hits to get through there. I absolutely love this, Jesse. Baseball is back to what <laughs> oh. I remember it. We're not stacking five guys in the same spot of the field. Guy, like We're playing like an actual baseball diamond now. I said before the show, and uh, yeah, I'm big on the Albert Pujols watch. The guy used to hit in the 330s for batting average. He can't do that when there's five guys standing on the left side. I like if you can if you can hit for average and power and get balls through the gaps where you learn how to play baseball as a kid. Like, yeah, I I, I know it's for the game. Um, yeah, we got smart and we decided, hey, well. This guy has a tendency to hit it here 68% of the time, so we're going to put four fielders on that side. Yeah, I, I think well, that's what, smart. <laughs> well, it is certainly smart, but it's I, – I don't know. I got my own thought about it. I'm a traditionalist, Jesse. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, will, I, I mean, I do like that they are playing with baseball gloves. I'm not that old school, <laughs> but I am old school in the way that a lot of things – if I was to have it my way, we're in 1997 right now playing baseball. And I know that the rule's not changed. I'm going to slide this in real quick. The rule they should have addressed is the stupid catcher – rule with the plate block and stuff oh, that's yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. that's a crisis i know i know we benefited from it but this the league the league's got to figure it out we'll get more into that in another episode because i have a lot to say about that but jesse tell me about the last rule change please yeah just i'm gonna run through this quick bases are gonna be a little bigger they're going from 15 inches to 18 inches the hopes to prevent injuries and to make it easier to steal bases also pickoff attempts are going to be a thing now so a pitcher is only allowed to attempt to pick off a runner twice if they try a third time and they are unsuccessful the pitcher will automatically be charged with the buck. Um, so, you know, we'll talk about that in spring training and in the offseason as we go. But, Riley, we have to move on here, and we have to talk about the uh, big series that's coming up against the Tampa Bay Rays. The Jays are half a game behind them, so the outcome of this series could go a long way to determining where we stand in the playoffs. It's a five-game series against Tampa, including a doubleheader on Tuesday. And, Riley, 
I mean, the starting pitchers aren't uh, aren't put out yet, but you got to assume all four of the Blue Jays' big starters plus a fifth one somewhere is going to be coming in there. How do you think we're going to do against the Rays? We said that the Baltimore series is important. I, I think five games is really important to it series we got to take control of and take control of early on um today yeah we had we were a little bit lackluster with the bats let's be honest with each other and say yeah we didn't swing the bats well in game three and i'm not saying we're going to go out there and score 11 runs in games one and two but if we split it down the middle and put up five runs and then six runs or six runs and then five something like that i would like a game where what we don't leave runners on base. I mean, obviously that's been a big thing this year. We have left runners on base guys, not hitting with runners in scoring position. I think that's going to be really important for this. Um, I'm very confident with our bullpen. We didn't give him a thumbs up. I thought Jordan Romano pitched great. He kind of deserves some love because he's the American league leader and saves, which I think is great. I hope he holds that whether he wins a relief man of the year award is yet to be determined. Obviously I think he's, having a great year though but this is a series where we got to save arms if our game starters from games one and two can go the distance let's do that we got to get on them early and tire out their bullpen if we can get through their starters and i think we do that we have the bats to do that in this lineup for what it's worth tampa gave up 10 runs to the yankees today in the first two innings so their bullpen is being used pretty heavily in the game today but the Blue Jays also had a bullpen day today, so it's very much the same, and they're probably on even keel footing there. Also, the Rays are going to get Shane McClanahan back in this series, um, probably closer to Thursday. Maybe he lines up with Manoa later in the week. So it's going to be a battle, Riley. Lots to watch for. It's going to be stressful. I know we're going to have a lot to talk about. I think we win three out of the five, but I part of me wants to say I think we only win two out of the five. Either way, as long as we don't get swept, I think we're in a good spot. I think there's no way we get swept. I think there's no way we sweep. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. My, yeah, my heart tells me we're going to take three games. Um, after the road trip, my brain kind of tells me that we're only going to win two. I think they're close. I think that we're going to win three of those games on me, man, that we only win two of them. I'll agree with you on that. But honestly, it's going to be a tough series. Like I said, we got to get on them early. We got to expose their starters and get through their bullpen and chew them right up, man. It's going to be really important. And we, like I said, man, we got to get, we got to get on the sticks early. And yeah, I'd like to say we win three, two, Jesse. There's no way we sweep them. There's no way we're going to get swept five game series. Anything can happen, man. It's big. I agree. There's going to be lots to talk about on our next episode here, but that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Please leave us a five-star review and like and subscribe and follow us on all those social media platforms. Uh, we'll be back to discuss the race series on Sunday, but Riley, or uh, sorry, midweek on Thursday. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here today? No, uh, if it does so happen to be McClanahan and Manoa, definitely tune into that and we got two of the best um, young starters in all of MLB. These guys will be fighting for a Cy Young for years to come, man. And um, I can't wait. Five games, a lot of baseball going on, Jesse. I know you're excited. I'm excited. Let's go, Blue Jays. <laughs> we got a good spot in the wild card, man. But hey, it ain't over yet. Mm -hmm. Let's get it done and let's go. We'll see you next week, guys. Thanks, guys.